Hello, and on today's show, Industrial Light Magic is doing some really cool stuff. Mega Might Doctor Who. Assassins versus Templars on the big screen. And the Smurfs dropped their lawsuit against Eiffel 65. This is episode two of the Geek 30 Happy Hour. another episode of the Geek 30 Happy Hour. I'm joined again by my good friend Jojo Maldonado. Jojo says hi. There he is. <laughs> How are you, Jojo? I'm very good. How about you, sir? Pretty good, man. And also joining us on the show is our producer and the maker of all the wonderful music you guys hear, Jamie Sweetland. Hey, how's it going, guys? Pretty good, my friend. So uh, everybody kind of knows about Jojo and me at this point. Why don't you talk a little bit about you? All right. Well, uh, so I'm a computer engineer by day mm-hmm. and all sorts of other things by night. Um, among them, obviously, music production. I, like, I've been a musician for my whole life. I was yeah. in a band for years, uh, kind of built my own little home studio. It's kind of my little home away from home downstairs where I can get away from things. Because yeah. I do have two kids. Yeah. <laughs> and my wife is wonderful. My kids are great and very loud and exhausting yeah all children are yeah so sounds uh sounds familiar to uh the story of a lot of folks i think that yeah end up um in our shoes they're old and they can't be doing all the stuff that they used to you be don't have to do. time to dedicate yeah. to movies yeah, and shows and video games and music and <laughs> but what can you do yeah life so, happens yeah and uh and jamie and i god how long have we known each other now a long a long time, time. some some <laughs> like background a decade or so yeah ago. actually even longer i feel like i've known you longer than that um because so some background folks his wife melissa and i used to work together at a uh, at a high-tech computer company with um uh, a certain fruit in the name <laughs> and uh we worked together and uh became very good friends became very close and uh she she was always telling me she was like you know you really got to meet my husband you guys would get along splendidly and i said all right well you know we were talking about common interests in music and video games and stuff and i remember we went out um for a we went and saw some band play or something all of us went out together and we were sitting there and I said, and I, and I remember, uh, talking to, talking to you for a while and I was like, yeah, no, this dude's awesome. This is awesome. <laughs> and so I remember, um, Melissa always telling me, you know, Jamie was in a band back in the day. Um, and I, it never really clicked what the name of the band was. And then it came to mind, you know, we were sitting there, you had gotten up to go to the bathroom or something. I, and I looked at Melissa, I said, wait, what band was he in? And she was like one third dork, and I said, "Holy shit!" <laughs> and, and the reason I said "holy shit" is because back in high school, my buddy Chris and I used to listen to your all's band That's a lot. Crazy. We, we used to we used to listen to you guys, and, and it was one of those things where I was like, "Holy shit, small world." Yeah. So no, it, it, yeah, so it's it, it's really funny, and and Jamie made some great music. He still makes great music. Well, thank you. Yeah, and we and we uh, and we still play some music together every once in a while. Like mm-hmm. I said, I, I've been playing guitar and everything for 15 years, but this dude's a, a musical genius, <laughs> and uh, so it's it's wonderful to have him as part of the project. Like I said, he uh, he helps us produce this show and uh, provides all that wonderful music that you guys hear. 
And uh, yeah, again, thank you, uh, thank you for all you do. Yeah, for things definitely. Yeah, thank yeah. you for giving me a creative outlet. You know, <laughs> that's what this is about, man. This is good. I can't get that jingle out of my head. Sorry. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I actually listen to it when I'm driving sometimes. Right. Exactly. Like, oh, so good. <laughs> it's so good. So uh, let's get into uh, what we're drinking tonight. Jojo, you want to do a little introduction? We've got in front of us Genesee. We've actually got their cream ale. Yes. And um, this is, <laughs> I don't know, this is kind of a, a throw off. I wasn't expecting what, what came out of this can. It's actually really amazing. I'm a big fan of it. Um, Alex was saying something about the 50-50 chance of whether or not you like it or yeah. you don't like it. There's no in-between, apparently. And, 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 I, and I say that because Jamie over here introduced me to this beer. And, and he specifically wanted to bring it on because he, had that, he, he said that exact same thing to me. He said, either going to love it or you hate it. And I love it. I, yeah, I think it's great. I've it given it to many friends, and they're like, "Here, you can have the rest." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just to kind of give you some some background, if you guys hadn't heard of it, um, per their website, in the old days, there were ales and there were lagers. Ales were flavorful, lagers were smooth, and never the twain did meet. Never the twain did meet. That's like <laughs> fucking poetry. All right. Until <laughs> <laughs> so Genesee Cream Ale. Um, came along and then the twain met head on to form an American original with the flavor of an ale and the smoothness of a lager uh, cream ale is unique then now and always uh, they talk about how they do it they say we skillfully uh, warm ferment Genesee cream ale with our own signature top fermenting yeast I don't know what the hell that means um, I actually do know what that means yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually brew beer I, why am I not <laughs> of course no surprise uh, so the, the difference is that lagers and ales use different kinds of yeast. Oh, okay. And lager yeast, when it's fermenting, all sinks to the bottom. Oh, okay. And ale yeast all floats to the top. Gotcha. That's okay. all gotcha. it means. So okay. it's just the direction from which it works it's, it's on the science, world. people. Science. Yes. Science. Chemistry at work. <laughs> yes. Uh, during the aging process, very, uh, every, <laughs> every batch of cream ale is, uh, what does that say, Jamie? Crossed. That says krausened. Krausen. And I actually had to look that up to see what that was. Really? What does that even mean? <laughs> Krausening is, because normally when you, if you brew beer at home, oh. like I've done, you you make it in your fermenter, and then when it goes into the bottles, that's when it actually gets carbonated. Okay. It's okay. completely flat when it goes in the bottles. But you usually put a little bit of sugar in the bottle, so the yeast has something to do something with, and that makes carbon dioxide, which makes it fizzy. Oh. Well, oh. Krausening, instead of using sugar, you put in more beer that's not fermented yet. Gotcha. Which still has sugars in it that the yeast can do something with. So there's not straight sugar, it's just other beer that's not done. I okay. gotcha. Okay. That's apparently crushing. Right. Yeah, and then it says uh, this process results in uh, cream ale's remarkably creamy white head and a uh, body that is far more distinguished than standard American lagers. So, with that, gentlemen, cheers to you guys. Cheers. Thanks so much for, uh, for coming and hanging out tonight for another episode. And, um, yeah, like I said, this is, I, I love this beer and, and it's funny cause I go out to total wine and, and pick this thing up. It's, it's a pack of 30 for $15. It's in the can. You cannot be. Yeah. It's in a can. <laughs> I, should, I should preface that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you can't, you can't beat that. So if you want a really good cheap beer, um, that you may love or you may absolutely hate, <laughs> I recommend checking this out. And um, if you hate it, you only wasted 15 bucks. You know, exactly. What, what's the harm in trying it? So let's talk about this beer real quick. Um, Jamie, like I said, um, before I believe he, he knows a lot more about this beer 
than most. Why well, don't you I, give some backstory? I'm at least closer to it, put it that way. So my, my mom's side of the family is from upstate New York, Rochester specifically, which is where Wegmans is based, nice. for anybody who doesn't know that. Um, so that's why I was so excited when Wegmans showed up down here. <laughs> but um, when we used to go visit my grandfather up there, we had to drive past the Genesee Brewery to get to his house. So before I was even old enough to drink, I knew what Genesee was because I drove past the thing all the time. Didn't smell very good when you drive past it. Oh, really? What did it smell like? It tastes way better than it smelled. <laughs> did it just smell like rotten? All breweries sort of smell like bread that you left yeah, that's, too long yeah, wet. It's right. just not yep. not a great smell. I get it. Um, but they make a variety of things. They make Genesee beer, Jenny Light, uh, Jenny Cream Ale. And of those, from what I've been told, Genesee Cream Ale is the only one you should even bother trying. Okay. <laughs> okay. Genesee beer is crap. Yeah. <laughs> it tastes like how much you spent on it. Yeah, as enough. opposed to Jenny Cream Ale, which tastes better than what you spent on it. <laughs> And still not not the best beer in the world, folks. It's really not, but it's very, I, I don't know, I, I enjoy it for a very, uh, you want that cheap beer, sort of easy to drink. Right. and It's what I'd call a drinking beer. It's a drinking beer. Exactly. Yeah, it's nice. Jojo, what are your thoughts? It's above utility, obviously, over here. Um, it's very smooth, which is why, I, again, they put it together, the lager and the ale, so you get the, um, the bitterness, you get the flavors, uh, but you also get the smooth and the finish of it. Um, I like the pairing of the two. Um, I could definitely... See myself drinking this, playing video games, watching a movie, just had a night with it. it would be awesome. So uh, you guys enjoy that, and with that, let's get into the news. So today in the news, uh, we're talking about industrial light magic. Now, uh, Verge had a really cool article and an awesome video on Facebook, kind of demonstrating some of the stuff that industrial light magic is doing with virtual reality. So anyone who's not familiar with industrial light and magic, ILM for short. Um, this is from George Lucas's group when they started making Star Wars, how they do a lot of visual effects, special effects, a lot of movies. And it's not just Star Wars, they've gone and done things for Star Trek, the Marvel Universe, a bunch of other big uh, special effects uh, movies that have been affected by ILM. And let's also not ignore the fact that Lucasfilm was recently bought by Disney. Yeah. So think about the capital behind a company like that, a company that all, their only purpose is to make movies um, have awesome, really cool effects. Exactly. So think about what we're going to be seeing in the next 10 years. That's exciting. It's really cool. And that's what I kind of want to get into today. This article talked about some of the ways that uh, we're seeing virtual reality in not just video games, but even on the big screen within uh, other forms of media. So they showed in this video, and, and I'll link it in the, in the show notes, some of the things that they're doing are just incredible. You can actually bring yourself into a, a scene. Um, they were showing some of the things that they were doing with the Star Wars franchise, where they had the guy put on a, a VR uh, glasses. Right. So it looks into, like the Oculus Rift. Yeah, walked into a space and was interacting uh, with a Velociraptor with uh, <laughs> C3PO and R2D2. Right. They were talking about some of the things that they were doing with the new movie uh, Star Wars. Um, what is it? Rogue? Uh, no, not Rogue One. Is it Rebels? Star? No, not Rebels. I'm What's the name of that freaking movie? Rogue. Star Wars Rogue. Yeah, Star Wars Rogue One. And they were talking about the director uh, Gareth Edwards and his experience using VR to explore sets for the movie that haven't even been made yet. Right. So he was able to step into a set that isn't going to be drawn for another year or so two years or so so he was able to actually be on set see how everything's going to pan out so you can frame everything first and then later on put it in later on which is insane 
the thing that I thought was actually the most impressive about it is that that whole technology where you, you can walk through the set and you can be inside a scene, it's not pre-rendered in any way. That's that's what blows my mind. Right. Is that when the guy was saying said he was like interacting with C three PO, there was a guy around the corner wearing a motion capture suit yeah. that was right. acting out C three PO because the whole thing was rendered in real time. Yeah. That's unheard of. Yeah, it had that they quality. added a tree on the spot. This, we need a tree over here. So they literally added a tree. Here we go. Yeah, so let's talk right about now. that. Let's talk about that <laughs> for insane. a second. Because what's really cool about that is as a movie maker and, and if you're creating a set and you wanted to add little details. And first of all, Gareth Edwards, one of the things that he said in, in, in this video, it blows my mind. He put on this Oculus headset and he mentioned to the guy, he was like, oh, this looks even better in real life. And uh, the guy who created the, the whole VR experience looked at one of the set designers and said, did you actually make this set yet? The guy was like, no, he's talking about what he's experiencing in VR right now. Right. And that is just mind-blowing. Exactly. But then to be able to go into an environment like that, use some kind of controller or something to make and edit details in the set as a filmmaker, because, you know, your set guys may be making stuff, and they may be adding, um, you know, a control panel over here, but, but maybe instead of over there, you want it over on the other side of the room, or you wanted to add a tree in, in this specific spot in the forest, right. and they kind of talk about that. That's really cool. It becomes very apparent right now. It's easier to build a set right now. A lot of people can do most anything you want in post, which is mm -hmm. fantastic. But being able to edit and see it right now, I think it's a better uh, thing because you have people interacting with things, you have environments. If you have something coming over, over from the side, let's say a car's driving, now you know, oh, I can't put this light here, I can't put this sign here, I can't put this people here. So it's easier to actually create a scene before it's actually put into post-production. Yeah, and uh, another thing that really caught my eye in this video was just the experience as the viewer. Right. They were talking about some of the things that they were doing for the viewer to, uh, to experience the media like they've never experienced it before. They were talking about how you could actually be part of the scene. Imagine being in a scene of a movie and obviously not physically, right. but witnessing that scene from different points of view. Because the entire area has been made. So you can go exploring something else while a major event is happening and see what else is happening in the same scene. So it's a total immersion on a different scale. That, the other thing that they mentioned right along with that is using that same technology for what I think they called instant prequels. Right. Where if a character doesn't appear in the scene until 10, 15 minutes in, you can switch to that character's viewpoint, but if you rewind it back to the beginning and watch it from the beginning, you're seeing wherever they are before they ever even got to the movie you already watched. Right, exactly. What triggered them to go there? It was a happenstance. Yeah. C-3PO and R2-D2 are always kind of random happenstance. Just other movies, movie. so what kind of happened there? An so. infinite number of, of user experiences. Right. Right, and, and that's just incredible. And, and just to see a company like Disney helping Lucasfilm basically fund this sort of thing and I'm sure Lucasfilm has plenty of money on their own right but you could see where this will apply even beyond the movies video games the, the Disney theme parks <laughs> exactly could you imagine just walking into I don't know a, a, these rides that we're gonna see in the next 15 years are gonna be unlike anything that we've even begun to imagine and that's I point. think what caught me off guard is I'm so used to the Oculus Rift being associated with video games yeah and it's such a big platform for everything else as well yeah so if you guys haven't seen this article again we're going to put it up in the show notes 
Um, the video is really, really cool. They also talk about um, one of the guys that is involved with uh, with this whole project, worked on projects like The Matrix. He's been part of a lot of revolutionary video techniques. Like Bullet Time for The Matrix. Yeah, um, Bullet Time. did Bullet Time. Bullet time. Yeah. yeah, there was another volumization thing that he made where Neo was spinning around on a staff and it looked really cool that he created. Yeah, so it's obvious that this is just going to change the way that, that we consume media. I'm excited, definitely. I'm much making fun of for greedy. I know I'm like the one in like the 50 million, but I'm excited to see this. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah dude. I'm um, definitely excited for more 3D content. Exactly. I, I actually, uh, I accidentally happened into a 3D TV, which I had. <laughs> yes, I've watched like one thing in 3D on. So it would be great if I had more things. In I'll 3D let you borrow some Blu-rays. Awesome. Yeah, you have you have some 3D movies. I do. Don't you? Yes. Oh, we watch. Um, Wreck-It Ralph. Yes, I love it. I didn't know that came out in 3D. Yeah, and it's beautiful. They brought Wreck-It So Wreck-It Ralph was not a Pixar movie, it was a Disney movie. And then after that was Frozen, which was not a 3D movie. Wait, that wasn't 3D? Yeah, I don't... I I never saw it in the theaters. They did render it in 3D. It was not in theaters in 3D, because apparently the 3D Blu-ray is supposed to be coming out at some point in the next year. So yeah. it's not out that's, yet. That's the rumor okay. that I heard was that the 3D Blu-ray was in the works because everybody right. was upset that when the Blu-ray came out, it was not in 3D. Not 3D, exactly. Well, apparently it's Rob. coming later. Okay. Yeah, and we would love to hear from you guys on, on this. If you guys have seen this article or if you guys have any thoughts on kind of the way media is evolving, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to shoot us an email, geek30podcast at gmail.com. 30 is spelt out, no numbers or anything. Or uh, tweet us at geek 30 and again, no numbers or anything. Uh, so with that, let's move on to the next topic, something that is near and dear to my heart because I love this franchise so much. The Assassin's Creed franchise is coming to a big screen. And we've seen other video games come to the big screen at times. It's a little, I don't know, iffy, right? right. I mean, we can kind of say that certain, certain movies have not done so well. Um, one of them I can remember Prince of Persia was not so great <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal Which, uh, what, what other movies were ironically not speaking before I even go into that Prince of Persia is Assassin's Creed by the way oh yeah it totally is <laughs> totally, for those who don't, don't know and, that and that's, that's there's a reason why I bring that up because it's basically the same game what other game what other games have come into the movies Double Dragon was horrible yeah, Super was Mario Brothers was horrible that's the first one that comes to mind oh, yeah. like, the one that Mario, looks like had Ron Jeremy in so, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Um, Street Fighter came out with Jean-Claude Van Damme and it was horrible. Yeah, it was really Mortal bad. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. That was well, just violent. The, the first one was amazing. The second one, I don't know where they went. They just got a completely different cast. <laughs> some people took it seriously, some people didn't. It was insane. Um, so they, they started Mortal Kombat well. They just didn't finish it very no. well. No, I'm trying to think of others. Um, Resident Evil started off solid and then it just became a now, I never. Yeah, I never got into those movies. I never. I, I like the first one. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, You're a big movie buff, though. So yeah. Michelle mm-hmm. Rodriguez dies again because she dies in every movie. Oh, yeah. You know, you where she dies. Yeah, you guys should uh, see JoJo's wall of movies. <laughs> 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 he has how many shelves? Um, so I, I used to. Um, they were you don't have it shelves. anymore. No, I've actually consolidated everything to a suitcase now. Really? Right. That's I a big deal. Because it took up so much space. <laughs> media server. I, well, I'm working on that too. I'm going to get myself a Drobo at some point and nice. just start ripping everything. Um, I did that had, a long time ago. 
it makes everything yeah, easier yeah. and then just put it on plex and you're good to go yep. and so i had 11 of the ikea shelves and they were all full i actually had dvds off of the shelves because i didn't have any more room for it guys wow. that's ridiculous it was um i think i measured at one point it was about eight feet wide and about seven feet tall and it was just all dvds Holy and blu-rays that sounds expensive. <laughs> yeah, I remember walking so, in and seeing all that. My mind was blown. I was like, dude, you watch all these? And he actually really does. Yeah, well, I, buy, I, I watch them as soon as I buy them. Usually yeah. within the work, first week or so. Yeah, but you still go back and you still watch them, though. It's right. not even like you're just watching them once, really. Well, I mean, you're, you're pretty the good movies, yes. The anime, it's been a while. <laughs> because Fair enough. Certain ones, like Ronin Kenshin, is a 28 DVD set. I think 29 I just bought one recently. Well, I don't know why. So that's a commitment there that I'm not afraid to invest in. Jeez. Jeez. Uh, yeah, and Jamie's got his vast library of Right. Books. Yeah, I've got my Plex Media server. Yeah, I've exactly. got a two terabyte drive hanging off of that, which is constantly full, so I keep having to delete <laughs> things when I try to add new stuff to it. It definitely helps. Well, back to topic, though. I mean, the, the Assassin's Creed movie looks pretty sweet just because Michael Fassbender looks awesome as an assassin. <laughs> um, I didn't. It, well, I didn't looked awesome. Yeah, I didn't play the Assassin's Creed games, but I've seen all the artwork and the box art and everything. And I saw that picture, and I literally thought it was the box art that they were showing as an example for what it's going to look like when you see the picture. Yeah, right? but yeah. that was the picture. <laughs> it's it's pretty cool. I mean, the idea behind this movie and what they were explaining is that it doesn't follow the video games at all. I mean, well, they they were explaining that maybe the things that happen in this movie will. Um, start to come into the games maybe but he's playing a completely different character um, he's and if you guys are familiar with the Assassin's Creed um, the the whole franchise and you're familiar with the base of the story but it's essentially you have ancestors back in the day this this order of assassins that would be called to, to kill people uh, obviously they're assassins but they were it's a fight against a group called the Templars but they, the twist on the whole story was that you would play a, somebody in modern day going back in time using um, this, uh, this machine from a corporation called Abstergo. You go back in time and experience what your ancestor um, had gone through as an assassin. And your ancestor is, lives in some kind of time period, whether that be back in the Crusades or... Um, you know, more recently during the French Revolution, which was uh, a little bit of a rough game by Ubisoft and a lot of issues in, in, uh, in Assassin's Creed Unity. But that's a whole other story for another time. <laughs> so Floating eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, floating eyeballs, exactly. <laughs> so the idea here is the same. In, in this movie, you're, we're going to see Michael Fassbender playing both the person in modern day and playing an assassin back in um they, they said the time period i'll put the the uh, link up to the article but playing the assassin back in time as well and i believe it was in spain so judge and i could appreciate that heritage. and that's pretty freaking cool i'm very interested the picture looks awesome of him in the assassin's outfit he's got the dual wielding uh you know little blade things on his wrists and uh so that that's definitely cool but it, it leads to another question I, I'm actually excited about this because I like Michael Fassbender as a as an actor definitely he does some great stuff yeah yeah who are other what are other games um, that you would love to see transformed into a movie and who would you love to see play you know that role I just I just I think mostly I would hope Michael Bay doesn't produce them 
Or would you like to see it like Pixar animated? I don't know. There was like Pixar. The the moment it went Pixar. So the later versions of Mega Man, um, the original six on Nintendo, had a a theme to them. It was all eight bit and whatever. And the illustrations as they progressed through uh, the Super Nintendo series and a couple of other series became a very sort of Japanese kitty type of rendition of this Mega Man. I, I wasn't a very big fan of that, so I don't know if I want an animated version of that. Um, that being said, Mega Man's only like three feet tall, four feet tall, so like ridiculous. Um, well, he's like a kid, right? right? Exactly. I don't know too much about like Mega Man lore or whatever. So right, anyway. right. So I don't know if I would put someone. Um, I don't even remember the name. The guy who played like Willow and all the different Star Trek, like um, I don't know. Why am I looking this up? I, you know, someone who's vertically challenged, basically. Vertically challenged. <laughs> <laughs> to play that role. Like, I don't know that would, that would work so well. So it would kind of have to be kind of a mix of the two. Um, I would like to see something realistic, but obviously maybe maybe even like a Speed Racer kind of take on it. The, re- the recent oh, Chelsea yeah. Brothers version. I Actually, think that's fun, cool. That, you know? and, and, and going back to the previous story, they talked about that in that Verge article about right. the... the, the virtual reality stuff they talk uh, briefly about that concept of that production style it's something like Warwick Davis is the person I was thinking of Warwick, Warwick Davis yes okay he's oh I've seen him in a bunch of stuff exactly someone who's going to be height appropriate for that but <laughs> you know something in, in that well not that I would have him play that role but somebody in that sort of realm of you know oh like height exactly I almost would feel like a kid, like you know how they're they're doing the Spider Man, and they're actually making him a kid. I'm excited in, in that, the Marvel Cinematic yes. Universe. Um, I think that that would be cool to have a kid, you know, maybe 15, 16 years old. Right. Well, playing the, a character like the persona. What I've always felt for Mega Man has been a persona of someone who's in their mid teens, like a 15, yeah. 16 year old, and someone in the body of like an eight year old. So I don't know. If that mm, could be pulled interesting. off, you interesting know, because it's just a really small person. In my head, the style of Mega Man seems like it would lend itself well to something like the style of Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yes, right. Exactly. Where it's like a weird mishmash of live action but pixel art right. somehow. No, yes. That would be fantastic. Totally. And that, and I think, would work for Mega Man. Right. One of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> By far, definitely. Hands oh my down. God. I could watch that movie every freaking day. <laughs> I'm about to put it on right now. Just I have it. Well, we can watch it right after this. <laughs> we will do that. Uh, Jamie, what about you? The, the one game that I would have always loved to see made into a movie, and I think at this point it's too far gone, it's not going to happen, but Metroid. Oh, wow. Yeah. I would have loved oh. to see it. Especially if you took something like what I think is the best of the series, Super Metroid. Right. Yeah. Where the whole premise of the game is you just start off stranded on this world. You don't know what's going on. And as you go, you start opening the world up. It comes to life. Exactly. Things happening and you're trying to survive. You realize you now have to like fight off something that's trying to destroy this whole world. And that would make a really interesting movie. Right. And it wouldn't have That'd to be have a great beginning, too. Yeah. Oh. It, it, for people who aren't familiar with the series, right. it would be a real shock as things start unraveling and start unfolding. 
But for people who are familiar with it, it would feel right at home. And I think it would be easy to do in a live-action setting without completely botching it. So who who would play Samus? See, that's the thing. I I feel like it would have to be an unknown. Because if it stars somebody huge in there, I don't know. She could probably pull it off. Right. If if that's what it, if if it's somebody everyone's familiar with, they're gonna oh, it's the new so and so. Yeah. That Thurman 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 would be great in it. I feel like she's too old for that now. You think she might be? Maybe. Yeah, I'm just thinking. It's been like 20 years. Yeah, that was like 90s though, wasn't it? The early 2000s. Kill Bill era Uma Thurman would be perfect. Exactly. Yes. Somebody like that, but someone who maybe isn't the biggest star in the world. See when you said that. I was thinking like Jennifer Lawrence. That would be good. Yeah, that would actually be really good. You know what I, I mean? I would watch somebody kind of stoic who could pull off like a stoic kind of it, persona. This, yeah, it, it would probably be minimal on dialogue. Right. Because if you've ever played <laughs> yeah. a Metroid game, there's, there's, there's no one to talk to. <laughs> to. <laughs> it's not like you're going to talk to you're not, They're not going to want to pay somebody millions of dollars like Jennifer Lawrence, who's <laughs> you know, brilliant. She's a great right. actress. She's one of my favorites. Um, but I. I don't think that they would have the budget to hire somebody like her. Or to put somebody else in there, like Emma Stone, you know, or uh, someone who doesn't actually necessarily need to talk, but just could do. Because I, I like Jennifer Lawrence's stoicness. I don't know that. I don't know. Yeah, Emma Stone could work. Emma Stone. I mean, I mean, there's there's, there's tons of blonde women out there, or people who could be blonde, <laughs> you know, you've got, you know, faces for that. Dying the hair. Exactly. But yeah, you're right, it's gonna be somebody who can, who can do the role without saying anything. But you have to be able to act, you have to be able to say something without saying something. You have right. to be able to act in the, in, in time Tom Hanks in Castaway. Exactly. The you know? 30 minutes or whatever it is that he literally doesn't speak. Right. But somehow <laughs> you don't get bored because things are still happening. Exactly. See, if it were up to me, I, I think my favorite one of my favorite video game franchises of all time is, is Uncharted. Okay. And to me, I don't know, I, I've always, and they've been talking about making a movie or whatever for it. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily locked in or not, but I've always felt like an actor like Nathan Fillion would be awesome playing playing Drake. Did you guys ever play those games? I didn't. I was always in Microsoft. I was never a Sony guy. Oh, <laughs> I know. Bro, it was the, it was like the reason. It was, it was the Sony. Oh, yeah, totally. it's the reason why I PS, uh, whatever, three, four, eight. Yeah, but like a game like, <laughs> a game like that, but you know, Warcraft is coming out and okay. you guys know from the previous episode, my, my stupid appreciation <laughs> for Warcraft. My little 10 That's a good brand. feedback about that, by the way. <laughs> I actually, I don't understand it, but it was fun. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies, you know, after the fact for my rant but I, I, I'm passionate about that shit it's whatever. awesome whatever but no that, that's interesting insight you guys I think that it, we're, we're in a, we're in this weird phase of movies where it's very they're doing they're, there's not a lot of original content coming out you know what I mean? There really isn't. Everybody's like, a remake at yeah, this point. Yeah, it's a remake. We're, we're seeing like Ghostbusters coming back exactly um, they're, they're just making all these Movies from movies made you know twenty plus years ago, right? And even from video games like Assassin's Creed, they're taking IPs that are you know they're just not original. Um, I mean, I, I think the movie approach to Assassin's Creed can be a little bit different, and I think I like the way they're doing that. Mm-hmm. But it's still you're taking an idea from someone else in order to yeah. make that movie, in order to make that happen. Yeah. Isn't there a Warcraft movie coming out as well? Well, that, that's what I was saying. It's, right. it's, it's coming out, and it's um, it's going to be out. What is it like summer next year or something? Right. But it, it just kind of begs the question: Are are we going to see 
when are when are we going to see original content coming? And, and how, well, <laughs> how how long is this trend going to last? I mean, it's also kind of in not to take a shot at your group. It's also in the audio environment because everything's remixed now. You know, yeah. everything you take just old music and put a beat on top of it, and hey, you make millions of dollars. And like, wait, that wasn't even your own content. The boots and cats and boots and cats. You just described Flo Rida's entire career. Flo Rida's the chorus. The chorus didn't even change the chorus. Exactly, it's the same song, and then he just wraps over Remember, remember that Nickelback song? Like we we overlapped those like two Nickelback songs. I had that on my computer. Every Nickelback song sounds the same. <laughs> well, no, I have I mean, all no, started. No, literally, I have a, an MP3 called Nickelback Sucks. MP3, <laughs> and it's one song on the left channel, one song on the right channel, and they're identical. I feel like this wow. is the same. There's no editing except for putting them together. I feel like this is the same thing that we saw. Oh my god, it's it's funny. So I, I just wonder at what point this trend is going to be over. I think that we maybe see this for another. I don't know. Five years at most. Well, because everything has to be planned out. I mean, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is planned out until like 2019 yeah. or 2021, something like that. And that's totally cool. Don't get me wrong. No, no, that's, that's cool. But I'm great with it. With, with Hollywood, everything's planned three years in advance yeah. and another year to two years to actually make. So everything's five years in, in the making. I just think know? maybe like five years from now, people are going to finally become like, okay, well, like, we just... They've remade the remakes. We know this story. <laughs> We're going to see Peter Parker's again. origin story <laughs> again for, like, the third time. Except Sony's going to put him from high school to wait, college in, like, wait, guys, seconds. Wait, I forgot. How does how does uh, Bruce Wayne's parents die? <laughs> I forgot. Shot in an alley. What? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. No, no, no. They've never showed that before. Yeah, no, never. <laughs> never. Never. No. My, Bruce no. Wayne grew up as an orphan. Except for his What? Daughter. What? Yeah. <laughs> rich house. I don't know. No idea. Yeah. I had no idea. So that didn't fester for like twenty years or whatever. <laughs> when I saw that, when I saw that in the Batman versus Superman trailer, I was like, "Oh my god, we're going through this again." Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, the show Gotham. I keep seeing ads. I don't watch, but I've seen ads for. It, and they all the very first few episodes, they were showing Bruce Wayne as a kid being talked to by a cop because his parents were just like, "Okay, and, yeah." Get and it. look, look, guys, yeah. like they're like, not going to get any more dead. I, I I get it because that's what makes Batman who he is. And that, that's that's a very pivotal point in his development into the Batman. Right. But holy shit, I'm done with that. Like, like no, let's move on. And, yeah. At some point, there has to be enough versions of it out there that if you say, "I think I want to get into Batman," it's gonna come up. It's gonna show up. You're gonna find out. It's crazy to me. Well, there's there's you know you have for those of us who subscribe to cable, I don't, but you have I don't know 1,200 channels. It's going to be kind of the same thing with Batman at this point, where you just have 1,200 editions of Batman. Which flavor of Batman do you want? Which flavor of Spider-Man do you want? Which flavor of Iron Man do you want at this point? Well, that, Iron Man's, I'm not going to take any shots at that, because that's kind of a new take on everything right now. Bro, from our but, experience, we need yeah. like a good three-hour segment to talk about Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> because we, we stayed up until three in the morning no, we talking had, about we that. we had a three-hour, and we weren't done, so I'm no, not going to... It's not even done yet. It was, it was a nice little argument. Just don't say Ant-Man or on that's all it is. So, uh, <laughs> so, moving on to the next topic, another another cool article that, that I found was that they're making a Doctor Who Lego set. Yes. And Finally. This, is, this is super relevant, at least to me, because I've been, as you guys know from the last episode, I've been kind of catching up on Doctor Who. I know I'm late to the game. I get it. <laughs> but I'm appreciating the hell out of it. Right. We're just glad you're getting into the game. I know. Yeah, we're yes. happy. Yeah, Get exactly. in whenever you want. <laughs> so good. Like, I'm back into I'm back into it, and, and you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I just saw the first episode with Matt Smith as a doctor. I've been binge-watching the hell out of it. 
And, uh, and, it, and it, it takes a couple episodes to get into his stride, but once he hits his stride, you'll see yeah. it. It's awesome. And, and it's, but this Lego set is really cool, and it, the the visuals, uh, the, the box art and stuff that they show, um, shows David Tennant's character, hair and all, you know, that crazy, like, wicked... <laughs> A big <laughs> pompadour, yeah, big pompadour, and um, tossed his hair, teased his hair. I'm sorry. And it's cool. Uh, Rose Tyler is in it. Um, they have the Daleks and, and all these different characters, and it, and it takes me back to the day when, gosh, I was in I don't know middle school or something, and right. I was on this kick where I was just collecting every single Star Wars Lego piece that I could have ever gotten my hands on, and I was, just, I, I had this huge collection. I'm pretty sure I still have it. Uh, probably somewhere in, in somebody's basement somewhere. Um, but it actually kind of got me excited, and I was thinking, oh, that would be kind of cool to go and get Because they recently came out with a lot of cool things. They came out with the Ghostbusters Lego set. They came out yeah. with like, their future Lego set. They've been doing Star Wars forever. Um, even if you see the Lego movie, they have so many different IPs. They brought so many different... They had Marvel, they had yeah. Batman, they had all kinds of crazy things. They're, they're bringing on. back all this old stuff. Yeah, it's all old stuff. <laughs> all old stuff. That's because all of us were fans of it when we were kids, and now right. we're old enough and have enough money to actually buy this stuff. <laughs> they're reselling this our childhood. Exactly. <laughs> and we're paying for it. I'm not lying. I'll pay for it, whatever. Exactly. But, I mean... Does this speak to you guys, this Lego set, like it speaks to me, like would you guys go and buy this as adults? I mean, obviously, I mean, Lego is something that um, kind of speaks to, to folks like us, but it's obviously kind of geared towards kids. Right. So what about you guys? Is this something you guys would ever I would buy it in a heartbeat. <laughs> I actually have a couple Lego sets up in, on display in my home studio. I've uh-huh. got a, uh, a Volkswagen camper bus that I got for last year for Christmas that had a million pieces and took forever. Um, the motorized AT-AT walker right. that like, actually awesome. walks. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it's awesome. That's cool. Um, I've never seen that. Was that part of Technics or not? No, it that was, was part of the regular set, but, the, yeah. it, but it came with a little Lego motor right. and all the legs are actuated and everything. Um, so I would absolutely buy it. I've been waiting for Doctor Who Lego to become a thing for a long time. And I was really happy to see in the announcement that they had a picture of the, the TARDIS console. Yes. That's the thing I really want. I just want a big, giant Lego TARDIS console. Okay, wait, but which one? The David Tennant? I don't console. even care. I, my, my dream would be if they, well, start, if they somehow, roundels, yes, the roundels, if they somehow yeah. produced like a whole run of them right. with every single console room. You, you would have buy them all and had the little Dr. Minifig with all of them. Right. I would collect them all. Done. Yeah, so <laughs> buy money. Exactly. <laughs> I, I don't know from the from the pictures. I don't remember if I saw like a Matt Smith or, or anything, but I got it. No, actually, I do remember... I believe they had Matt Smith, but but they introduced like Peter Capaldi's right, right, Doctor... Right. And uh, and they specifically showed the eyebrows, <laughs> uh, those big thick eyebrows. Attack eyebrows. eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so it's a it, it's pretty cool. Um, again, I saw that and, and was super pumped. So I just at least wanted to bring that up here. See, I I mean I like the idea of it. Um, and if again if they do all the doctors, I would collect all the doctors. But it's with the sets, it becomes kind of a definitive piece. And Legos to me were always you build something, you break it, you build something new. You know. Um, so the sets are awesome to me, and it would be something I would put on my desk at work. Yeah, but I want yeah, just totally. regular Legos to you know mess around with and keep you know, well, creating for, with. Yeah, for me, the Legos are in two different piles. Right, exactly. There, there's the ones that I build with, which right. is just a huge box of random stuff, and exactly. that's where the fun is. Right. And there's the other set that you buy because hey, that looks neat, and I want it on the shelf. Exactly. Did you, did exactly. you guys ever go through? I, I never did this, but did you guys ever do the super glue and? 
I have not. No, I've never made anything permanent. No, no, no. The crying, yeah, yeah. whatever it is. Is it crying? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lego Movie. So good. So you guys have both seen that movie, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's been a while. I, I, oh, it's so good. It's on <laughs> HBO right now. It comes like, on HBO all the time, time right. man. And now I got, I got my kids watching it now too. It's so. so good. Everything is awesome. What does Ellie think about? Oh, Ellie was singing that song. Yeah, Ellie is uh, Jamie's oldest. Yeah, she's my oldest daughter. She's four and a half, and she hears that song and somehow gets stuck in her head. And for the next four or five days, all you hear is everything is awesome. Yeah, yeah. You see, telling her to let it go, which brings another song on. And <laughs> no, that, that gets her little sister going. Oh, okay. And that never goes away. Frozen <laughs> has never left my house. No. I think Disney actually wrote an apology to all the parents because of uh, let it go. <laughs> they should. I think it's an official thing. I think it it it's an official thing that it's like, I'm sorry, this is so catchy and all your kids are singing it <laughs> repeatedly. But guys, it's a really good song. Don't get me wrong. It's a great song. All the music from that whole movie is fantastic. Yeah. But anything gets old on like the 400th time through. Yeah, I remember hearing you had to uh, sing that to Ellie on on repeat because you learned how to play it on the guitar, right? On the guitar, on the piano, yeah. on pretty much anything that I was playing at the time because no matter what I picked up, I said, oh, I'll play you a song. What do you want? Let it go. Well, how about we do something else? No, let it go. <laughs> okay. See, I don't have it kids. <laughs> and so this is me saying something as someone who doesn't have kids. I'd be like, okay, I've let it go. And I put the car down. You know, I put the piano down. It's like, this is what and you that, requested. And that post is how you teach your kid to be a smart ass. <laughs> <laughs> I would have horrible kids. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. I think you'd have screaming kids. I'd have that. screaming that's, kids. That's, that's why you don't do it. You go, all right, whatever you want, sure. Yeah. yeah. So... We brought Jamie on the show uh, not only to provide his insight on on the geeky things that we talk about, uh, but also kind of to, to share some of his own uh, passions in life. We kind of talked about some of the music and some of the creative things that he he does here for the show. Um, Jamie's become very handy with building things and fixing things, and uh, specifically with music and technology. Speaking of the Doctor Who console, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just build one. So I really kind of want to find a good place to put it. Yeah, so Jamie, why don't you share a little bit about about some of the projects that you've been working on? Yeah, so a, a long time ago, I I never really knew how to build anything, electronic or otherwise. And at some point, I realized that I really wanted to. So I just kind of went out and decided to start googling things and watching YouTube videos, and I got a couple books on electronics to figure out exactly how electronics work, like what do resistors and capacitors actually do. They're on every circuit board you've ever seen, right. but unless you know what they do, you can't make any sense of them. And after playing around with them and tinkering and frying a whole bunch of things, um, I've actually gotten to where I can actually build things, which is awesome. So um, I've built from a kit, it's called the Nebula Phone. It's um, a little instrument, and there's a little keyboard on it that you can play with a little alligator clip. And it, there's no case or anything, it's just a circuit board, and you plug it into an amp, and it sounds awesome. Nice. And it's got a bunch of effects built into it and all sorts of things. I've also started building um, guitar effects pedals, um, both from designs I found online and then trying to tweak them for myself to say, mm, yeah, that sounds cool, but maybe if I used this instead, it would sound even better. Oh, I owe you that distortion pedal, I think. Yeah, you, you have a, a dead pedal, yeah, or Jamie, dying pedal. Jamie wants to take a distortion pedal that I have for my guitar and turn it into a fuzz box, right? Yep. Yeah, and I am all about that because I definitely want a good fuzz box. Needed to replace that distortion pedal anyway. Um, but no, it's really cool, and I've gotten to see some of the stuff he's done uh, firsthand. What about that little pine box? Yeah, guitar. so 
a while ago, I found out about something called cigar box guitars. I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with cigar box guitars, but it's essentially taking a cigar box, like a wooden box that you bought cigars in, and then you attach a guitar neck to it and put fasteners on for the strings and use the cigar box as the sounding box of the guitar. Oh, wow, okay. So it makes a little kind of twangy sound, sounds kind of like something you'd imagine someone in the wilderness on a right. mountainside playing. <laughs> but they're super fun to play. And I didn't have a cigar box I was willing to give up, but I had a bunch of scrap pine. So I took all this pine and I sawed it down and made a box and carved out a neck and put a fretboard on it and had tuners in the top and found bits of metal for the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I'll be damned if the thing doesn't work. <laughs> and it's cool. It really I works. Have, it's super stuff. fun to yeah, play. I've seen it firsthand. It's really neat. And, uh, yeah, he, he's very um, he, he's very good about picking up on that stuff and, and learning. So where did that inspiration start? Is there is there I mean, you've always been kind of a curious person, but I mean, is there an origin to that? Or what well, I, I think it's I think it's two things. One is that I've always kind of, I kind of think why I'm a computer engineer by trade, is that people who have the engineer sort of mind are curious. You want to tinker and tinker. You want to yeah. take it apart. You want to see what makes it work. You, want, you take it right apart. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> you want to put it back together and see if it works the same way as it did. It usually doesn't. Um, like they always say, if it, if it works, you haven't tinkered with it enough. <laughs> so that's how I kind of got curious about it. But then the thing that really got me hands-on was when we bought a house. Yeah, once we right. bought a house, we had all these things we wanted to do to the house and didn't have the money we would have needed to do all these things to the house. I started saying, it can't be that hard. I ought to be able to put up a wall. I ought to be able to remodel a bathroom. Sure, I can put in a patio, take the deck down and put on this paper stone patio. And once you start doing those, you start building to your skill set and you realize, hey, this isn't all that hard. It just builds on the last skill I learned. Right. And the longer you go and suddenly you wake up one morning and realize you're actually capable. Yeah, so. it's definitely really cool. It's it's, it's an on your resume. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and going over to his house and seeing some of the things that he's done and, and uh, working on that patio, I, I helped dig up a, a nice big hole with him in, in that backyard. Yes, both thank you and I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're welcome and thanks. Um, seeing that, it, it's definitely cool. Uh, I, I wish that I had all the handiness that uh, that, that he has. Um, but it's it's definitely cool to see that. And on that same note, when it comes to this sort of creativity, what, what do you see in your kids? You've got two kids. Can you talk about your kids? Because I think they're hilarious. It, I love them. It's funny. They're completely polar opposites almost. Yeah. The, the older one, in a lot of ways, is almost a – they're both actually almost a perfect mix of me and my wife, just completely <laughs> different parts of us. The older one, Ellie, she always has been very – engineering minded she builds things she likes to build towers she gets blocks and things and tries to see is how high she can stack them and tries to make things out of them and she'll do crafts and fashion things out of paper and all sorts of really creative things and avery is like a wrecking ball yeah <laughs> she she will the biggest problem we have is ellie builds something avery knocks it over <laughs> Oh, no. That's her, like, her primary <laughs> no. mode of action is destruction. <laughs> tell, but tell she's creative about her destruction. <laughs> tell the story about Avery and the and the rice. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so I had been making rice. I was making like chicken and rice and vegetables for dinner or something. And it was that rice where you instant rice where you put it in the pan and you cook it for five minutes with the lid and you take it off and leave it off. Right. And just set it there. So I had taken it off with the heat and I set it at the back of the stove with the lid on. And I go in the other room to see what Ellie's doing, and I hear a kind of a scraping, clanking sound. And I'm like, what is happening? So I come back in the kitchen. 
Avery has gone to the other room, gotten a chair from the kitchen table, dragged it to the stove, gotten up on the chair, dragged the pot from the back of the stove, taken the lid off, and is about to scoop handfuls <laughs> of boiling rice out of the pan. And, and, and how old is Avery? She just turned two. There you go. <laughs> not the age at which you should be touching anything on the stove. No, I mean, you shouldn't be touching anything, on, well, I guess anything that hot with yeah. your bare hands ever, but a yeah, two-year-old age. that has the know-how to take a freaking chair. She is crafty. She, she engineered that solution. She did. It's a completely different side of it's the It's a different approach, but they both have their father's engineering <laughs> talents. And, and Ellie's my goddaughter, and... I I remember going over there the other day and, and, and playing with her and um, we were talking about the Lego tower that she was building and I I suggested one little thing that, that she should definitely do and, and she said no no <laughs> you can't no and then she said very no, this, strong is, will. this is yeah she said this is the way it needs to be and I said okay okay all right <laughs> whatever you say home girl. <laughs> Um, so it's it's definitely funny. We appreciate you sharing your your passion for all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, with that, I think it's time to wrap it up. I think it's a good time to end right here. All right, Jojo, where can people reach us? As always, we have a geek thirty podcast at gmail account, and thirty is written out; it's not uh, numbers. So geek thirty podcast at gmail.com. We have a Twitter handle at geek thirty again spelled out, or you can even call us, leave us a voicemail four four three. 424-3350. Yes, and by the way, folks, we are now on Stitcher and iTunes. Uh, for all you iTunes listeners out there, I give am. us <laughs> yeah, give us a five star rating, and um, be sure to subscribe. We would really appreciate the support. And of course, special thanks to our guest Jamie Sweetland for all of his insight. Thank you so much. Yes, thanks for having me on, guys. And thank you for all the awesome work you do from a production standpoint and all the awesome music that you make. If it's catchy, it's his fault. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and thank you to you guys for listening. We really appreciate all the support. Great feedback from the last show. We're looking forward to making more. Keep it coming. Yeah, so you guys take care. We'll see you next time. See ya!